0: Welcome to the Ready Yeti Podcast, where we tell the
1: story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, Red Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Savo here, your host. In today's episode, I am sitting down with one of the co founders of Tether, Kevin uh, Novotny. Thanks so much uh, for taking the time to chat with me. Hey, Josh,
0: absolutely. Appreciate you having me on here.
1: Definitely. All right, so for the listener that may not be familiar with Tether, how would you best describe your brand to them?
0: Tether is a, uh, it's a strap brand for essentially the outdoor enthusiast. Um, we've always been big into outdoors. We basically just developed the products for ourselves. And so they just, anything that we wanted to do, which is mainly outdoors, we created a product to be able to use on our own outdoors. So it's just a, a quality product for outdoors, for any, of the, for any straps and things to carry your accessories. And,
1: and I know one of the most popular is the camera strap, which is sort of a high quality leather, um, uh, strap. How did, what made you guys decide to focus on that product?
0: So actually before we ever started the company, Natalie is a, um, she's a, a professional photographer and I actually wanted to get her a gift kind of before we started, I was looking around and couldn't really find any leather camera straps I liked. Um, and so it was one of the things I kind of looked into it, looked into it and, couldn't find anything. So we basically just developed our own and that's kind of how we launched the whole thing. But that's, that's how camera shops came to be the first option. Cause I, I mean, I'm not a photographer. She is, and I just, I didn't like any of the styles there were and it was just kind of general stuff out there.
1: That's interesting. Did you have any backgrounds sort or of developing product like leatherwork or anything like that? Or did you just sort of just figure it out?
0: No, not at all. Actually. Um, my background is actually in, I've owned a couple different businesses. Um, nothing that pertains to leather or design or anything in, in any of those categories. Um, but it was always something that I kind of enjoyed doing. I've always kind of enjoyed designing things or kind of changing things around, making my own one-offs of whatever product I want to use, whether it be working on a car or whatever. Um, and so it was kind of just went for it.
1: How, how long did it take you to figure this process out? I can't imagine it was relatively straightforward. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it was, it was actually, so I had a, uh, a roommate at the time who had been like, done manufacturing had online brands and kind of, so I got to start with there on how to like find manufacturers and things like that. Um, and other than that, just kind of looking at different camera shops and what kind of I liked and what designs I liked and, you know, why can't they do it like this? And then, you know, from there, just kind of drawing on paper what we liked and then sending it off to get made.
1: That's interesting. So, you start this process in 2015 and you get the business off the ground in terms of selling product in 2016. Yeah. Um, how, how did things sort of start off for you? Were you, um, I, I assume it's all direct to consumer online. How did you get the w- awareness out there to grow?
0: So, we actually kind of started looking at different platforms and we found that Etsy was probably the best platform for us um, just because it was designed. We obviously weren't. We were starting, you know, with, we didn't start with any outside investment or anything like that. It was just kind of our own cash. Um, And so Etsy, because we were designing, we weren't doing, you know, a bunch of bulk. We were changing things. We were customizing them. Um, So we pretty much put it on Etsy. And I think it was within the first 10 minutes we got a sale, which was awesome. You know, that was, we were stoked. Like, I didn't even think I was like, is this just a test sale from Etsy? Um, And then from there, you know, it started growing. You know, we had our website and pretty much just Instagram, Facebook, obviously friends were the first people who ordered anything. Um, and then ventured into Amazon and into retailers and things like that.
1: That's so interesting. 10 minutes in getting a sale. That's crazy. <laughs> it,
0: was, it was a trip. I mean, I, to me, I, I honestly went down and looked, I was like, I don't think this is, I thought it was just a test, you know, at the right. Scene went through, but no, it was. And it was one of our camera straps. And at that time we only had, we'd started with two designs. Um, we had the art, original leather camera strap and we had a denim camera strap um in two different colors
1: did you know the person
0: (laughs) i did not know the person that's amazing first order was not someone i knew that's absolutely amazing so
1: okay so um you start working through the online process sort of the big channels right like you mentioned etsy amazon Uh, using social to really get the exposure out there. Um, This is happening 2016, 2017. How long did it take for this to become a full-time job for the both of you?
0: So I guess it'd be both of us, honestly, we do stuff on the side. This is our main focus. Um, But I've always had I had the companies I own prior to this which is cool cause it really, when this burns you out, I mean, especially if you're doing online, you know, marketing or anything like that, it really gets in your head cause it's not really quick moving. Um, so it, it took, say we launched 2016 and I mean, it started growing pretty quick to where then it was a lot of time I was spending figuring out manufacturing, you know, getting, we were selling out a bunch of different things and then kind of designing. So I would say probably within a year, or so that's that's
1: incredibly fast
0: (laughs) yeah and it wasn't and i mean it just kind of it took a lot more i mean i remember when we had you know four skews to start you know two different straps two different colors and then all of a sudden i think we're at like 69 now or 70 which again you kind of wonder how it even got to that point and now it's managing all these different ones you're like holy cow but it just kind of falls into place i mean you're kind of once it starts to grow you kind of have to just do what needs to be done
1: what would you attribute that quick growth to? Do you think the product was that unique or is it a combination of creative marketing or what would you say?
0: You know, I'm not sure. So the first product wasn't super unique. You know, it was pretty general. And from there we've changed a lot of different things on, you know, our different camera shops on whether we, when we're testing, we use them constantly. So a lot of times on our first runs, you know, we weren't ordering a ton of samples, but we use our products every day. So we kind of learn what we're doing and I think it was just something like the way we presented our brand and the way we did customer service. I mean, we make sure that we help everything out. We're shipping like same day or day after. Um, and we're always there to respond to messages. You know, people would message us from overseas at midnight, one in the morning and we would respond right away. And so I think having that personal touch and then having a product that we stand behind really helped get things off the ground and word of mouth. And then same with, you know, Instagram and any of the social media, just it, it all kind of works together.
1: Yeah. It's interesting when you, uh, prove to your customers that you care and that you're not there just to make a buck. (laughs) It's kind of amazing how over time that really materializes into a successful business because it's it's a good way to do business.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think that that's one of the most important parts about business. Um, and I think that's with any industry ever. If, if you, you know, treat your customer right and you listen to them. Like there's times people, we have customers and we encourage it to message us and be like, Hey, you guys should work on this. Or what do you think about this? And sometimes that turns into a new design. You know, we see that and we're like, Hey, that is a great idea. You know, people ask for, for instance, we had a bunch of people asking for extendable leather camera straps, which just aren't out there. I'm sorry, uh, sunglass straps, which just aren't out there. So we basically just went in and we developed one. Just because, you know, we couldn't find one anywhere else. So that was one of the things people were asking for. And we're like, you know, we, we got to make this. And then we messaged all those customers like, hey, we made one. Here you go. And a lot of them bought them.
1: Yeah, it's a really smart way to operate. I mean, because you, like you said, they asked for it, you build it. And then you're like, all right, cool. Here's, here's the product you asked for.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, and that's fun too. So,
1: I bet it is. And also just being able to communicate with your customers and see them get excited or just jazzed about receiving the product, using it. It's just a fun experience.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And friends, too. I mean, that's the biggest thing is, I mean, we'll go out, like even we were just up in Tahoe, we'll go out of the boat and almost everyone's using our sunglass straps or any of our photographer friends have our camera straps. And not because we asked them to, they're just interested in the product. They love the company.
1: Yeah, that's it's such a great proof of, like, validation for your business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the manufacturing process. What did you learn over, I mean, I'm sure you're still learning um, with new products that you release every every day or every month, um, what did, what are some of the big learnings you took away from those first couple of years of developing products?
0: So one huge lesson is uh, make sure you have your logo exactly how you want it before you uh, launch it. Because for us, you know, we had a logo. We started, we really liked it, and it it looked super cool on camera shops. But other things, it didn't look great. Which then, when we had to rebrand, we had to change all of our inventory we had. So that was one of the things that we learned, um, just because, you know, all of a sudden when you have that, um, and you have to change it, it, it makes it a little bit harder. So luckily for a lot of our products, we were able to be restamped um, to the new logo, which we can do here. And then another thing too is testing. So at first there was some things we hadn't tested perfectly cause we used them on our own and they worked great, but in all different scenarios, people use our products for all different types of things. So then it really went into testing weights, testing different things, different types of product. And that's a big thing for manufacturing is making sure you spend the time with the samples before you're like, okay, cool, this really works. But it really takes time for something to break or things like that. So a lot of our products, we, when we get our design finished, we get a sample and we use it for at minimum a month. I mean, everyday use just to see what kind of defects our products can have. So it's, that's one of the things to learn in manufacturing. Because if you make a big run of a product that isn't perfect, then you know we stop selling it. Because if it's not, if there's problems with it, we're not going to sell it to our customers. Because we don't want things to break on them.
1: Yeah, I mean that's like a, a worst nightmare sort of scenario, right? Especially like holiday season rolls around and you place a huge order of inventory. It comes in and you're like, oh crap, <laughs> X oh, I- isn't exactly the way you want it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So now you're really checking on manufacturing, making sure that we get pictures of the samples. Um, a funny story about that actually right before holiday it was Christmas 2017, um, which at that point we were, I mean, slammed. I mean, we were picking up manufacturing and packaging in the car to get to the post office in time to get shipments out. Um, and we had a color we had always used, which was our original tan and the manufacturer at this point, we weren't asking for, Hey, send us a picture every step of the way. You know, show us what exactly leather. Now we're very specific on the leathers we use and everything we have, but it came a completely different color. I mean, oh no. And so we had tons of straps and we had made the mistake. This is the first time we had ever done a uh, pre sale. So essentially we knew the product was coming in, we knew we were good. So we pre sold it, a lot of it. And when we got the product, it was wrong. So at that point, you know, we sent out a few orders and people were like, hey, this doesn't look like the pictures, it's not the same color so we had all this product and essentially still sold out of the one that we were originally sold out so what we did just to you know we're like well let's get rid of this product we'll get a new order uh, we'll apologize to anyone telling that we'll comp the straps and send them you know a different color we basically started the true brown for our camera strap because we really did like the color it just wasn't the right color and within a month that was our top selling color that's amazing. So <laughs> an accident that basically turned into great. And it still today is our top selling color in leather, which never happened if it wasn't an accident in manufacturing.
1: That's so funny how that works. Um, yeah. And I, over the years have, uh, have you kept the same manufacturing partners or has it sort of evolved with the business?
0: No. So we've, I mean, we've added different manufacturing partners, but we've always kept our manufacturing partners. And the reason being is, loyalty is huge and trust is huge so if they you know they they work with us our manufacturers they've been the same one since the day we've started um and we before we ever launched we did try a couple manufacturers you know we'd send send them design um and we picked the best one that worked with us the most and we've never changed and what's cool now is our manufacturers now communicate with each other so we have you know like hey they're able to do this for, for instance, our design sunglass strap, our leather manufacturer and cut and sew company is not able to do those kind of prints, the heat transfer prints to those materials. So in order to do it, we basically send, and we have our, our supplier for that make the products and send them to our sunglass strap company who then produces the weather and puts, puts everything on, on there. So that's, um, that's a cool thing. So now all of our manufacturers kind of work together and that's how we're able to start making finished products that are packaged and in all the exact same product, um, lines.
1: That's so interesting. Now, since you're in a manufacturing heavy business, how do you keep sustainability sort of front and center, especially being an outdoor focused business?
0: So we make sure that we use, um, number one, full grain leather, we make sure we use things that are are really good products that last a long time so they're not throwaway. And another big thing, and Natalie is one of the biggest advocates of this, is the product packaging that you get a lot of times, like say when you get a really nice box, you're like, cool, we got a, a cool box, but what do you do? You throw that away. Um, so one of the things with our product packaging, we use as little possible throwaway materials. So instead of packaging in a box or something that, is going to get thrown away we put them all in microfiber bags that can be reused for either sunglass bags or for our camera straps for the right size to have lenses in things like that so we really try to make sure that we're using as little throwaway materials in any of our products just just because it's terrible for the environment to have so many plastics and papers and things being thrown away every time someone gets it
1: Yeah, it's so true. People always sort of overlook the the packaging piece of of a product, but you can really save a lot on waste just by focusing
0: on that. Exactly. I mean, think about how many things you get with even, like, say, an Apple product. It's a great feeling when you get it, you open it up. But a lot of that stuff you throw away. I mean, even if you wanted to save it, what are you going to reuse it for, you know? So That's so true.
1: What would you say... um are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made up to this point with tether
0: you know they're hard to tell because a lot of times with mistakes you know you you start to do different things like adding there's a lot of times for instance one mistake is you make a design of something that you really like and you don't necessarily look at the market and you say okay cool this is really cool i'm just going to order a bunch of this and then it's not something other people want it's just something you wanted and so that's one of the mistakes that we found with a few different styles or different colors that we really worked to get because it was something just I wanted or just Natalie wanted. And so that's one of the mistakes is you really got to make sure when you're looking at a product, it's something that other people like and not something that you just want. Because sometimes there's a reason there isn't that type of product around.
1: That's really true. It's it's uh, definitely being someone who uses the products that you guys make, I feel mm-hmm. like, it's a good place to start in trying to decide like a new product line, but then taking it a step further to just validate that other people also have that need, so to speak, I feel like will save you a ton of time. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And And, and most of our products too are ones that, you know, we've designed, you know, in-house, which back going back to manufacturing really does make it a little bit harder because, you know, we make sure that our, we, we don't really go out and find manufacturers that are already doing something. We kind of have to mix almost most of our products are a mixture of different manufacturers. So it's designing products that you make sure that people are going to like, and then you make sure that the product's done right.
1: For sure. Now, what would you say, what, what advice would you give to someone that either wanted to start a business, whether it was in the outdoor or travel space or just a business in, in general?
0: Do it, just go out and do it. Um, A lot of people, I think there's this stigma around business that it's really hard to start. You know, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I don't have the money to do that. I don't have the time. And it's just not true. I mean, I never went to business school. I never just going out and starting it is the most fun part because it doesn't have to be your number one income when you start. It can definitely be a side hustle. Um, And it's it's not that hard to do if you just kind of go out and look. So I recommend just doing it.
1: It's so true. People get so hung up on how to even get started, or if they're doing it right, that it's just hurry up and try something.
0: <laughs> exactly. And if you and if you make a mistake, you learn from it way faster than you would if you researched it for ten years prior to starting.
1: That's so true. It's uh, it's a great learning uh, process, and and I feel like can help you in so many different areas. Uh, professionally, or even just general, right? Helping you to make decisions in a more effective manner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, making decisions is it you, you can't learn it faster until you're forced. Yeah, you know, that's, that's so true. really quick.
1: Where do you see Tether going in the next year, five years, 10 years down the road?
0: I definitely see growth. I mean, we've definitely pushed a lot into growing um, presence, I think, and a lot of not necessarily a ton of retailers. I think a lot of things are changing gearing away towards retailers, but I definitely see it growing and, you know, more product lines and just more streamlined and more people seeing us around and a lot of different outdoor activities. You know, it's pretty much any, anything outdoors, we're going to have a product that's in there.
1: What would you say is the best part about running Tether?
0: The outdoors. I mean, I love working with Natalie too. Natalie's my girlfriend. We started it. Um, I actually, right when we started dating, we pretty much started the company, which is, you know, a wonderful first thing to do. Um, (laughs) um, I think my favorite part is just the designing. I mean, any of the companies I've done before, it's always kind of just been, this is what you do, you do it. Um, With this, a lot of it is the design. It definitely brings out the creativity in both of us. And I think that's the most fun part because it's limitless, you know, like I, you see something and you're like, Oh, why can't it be like this? Well, we can make it like that. So now we get to sit down and we make designs. We have friends who are engineers who help us and we're able to, you know, make cool new things that just aren't around and that we really want to have. And it's just, it's more fun to be able to make it and then share it with the world.
1: For sure. And any kind of business where you make something right, it's, it's got a cool, it's a nice feeling seeing that product progress from where you first started to that like first iteration to the product that you're selling now and just knowing the whole, the whole cycle of it, right? Of just seeing how far you've come.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, the, I mean, for for instance, the sunglass straps, you know, we didn't see eye to eye on that sunglass strap for something. They're making a huge comeback now, which is crazy to see. We kind of just hopped on that train because I wanted sunglass straps, not because we saw the market going that way. But from the one that I made was, I mean, it was like two feet long. It was hanging off my sunglasses. I remember I went to a Rams game in LA and everybody was asking me, Hey, where can I get that? Where can I get that? And I was like, well, you know, I just made it. Cause you can't really, at that time you couldn't really find any leather sunglass straps.
1: Yeah, and it's, so, it's so interesting yeah, how that works.
0: Yeah. I still have that sample hanging in the garage at the <laughs> house because it's just funny where it was and you know where it is now. And it's, it's really a cool thing to be able to see.
1: Yeah, I, I totally get that. And uh, I'm sure you're going to have plenty more products like that in the future. Um, and it's interesting just to see the sort of progression of starting with something simple, uh, like a camera strap, and then just expanding, like you said, to so many different SKUs now. Um, do you think, uh, I guess looking back um, when you were younger, did you ever think you would end up in a business like like this?
0: No actually not at all what's what's funny is my whole family like on my dad's side is all electrical engineers which when i was a little kid that's what i wanted to do you know i wanted to go be an electrical engineer and do what they did and it took for some reason you know high school took a huge turn and definitely i never saw myself owning any kind of brand companies or anything like that and it's just things that i've fallen into
1: yeah it's funny how things work like that and um I want to uh, thank you, Kevin, for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your story and the story of Tether. And for anyone listening to this, you can uh, check out all of their products uh, on Ready Yeti, And you also ch- enter for a chance to win a few camera straps uh, from Tether. Uh, just head over to Ready Yeti for your chance to win. And again, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and sharing
0: your story. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Josh. I really appreciate you having me on here.
1: If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready 88 Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.